coming up next in the Ziggler show. When I get to the root of it, there are active and passive habits. Okay. There's okay. some active habits I have to have. Of like, don't eat that when you're hungry because it's not good. Go have a shake. You know, that's an active habit. There are passive habits with how I respond to people, how I show up for my day, how I set my environment to work and how I focus. Like there's certain, very, I could call them passive. They're normalcy to me. Right. They are who I identify as. And those are typically the ones that are the game changers. Yeah. Those are the ones people don't realize that it's not something that I, at this point, like in the beginning, yeah, I had to think about it. But after a while, it becomes so much of who I am at an identity level that the habit becomes more of an identifier as my persona. And we, I don't want to be out of alignment with myself at the end of the day. So when that moment arises, I do the thing to keep me in line with who I've seen myself to be or identify as being. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This podcast has a simple premise, and it's to take the age-old wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today, to your world today. You can dig in more with each episode at kevinmiller.co. Anthony Trucks became a player in the NFL because he followed certain successful habits day in and day out to a severe degree. The reason he later lost his marriage and almost went bankrupt was from following other habits, which didn't produce such success. So today he talks about his habits progression and pulls out his quest to employ active and passive habits. And it gives us a great perspective on this distinction. And as you heard in the intro, how the good habits we associate our identity with are really the most powerful. And on that, I highly recommend you listen to our first talk together in Ziegler's show, episode 973, where we dig into identity. That's the message from Anthony's book, Identity Shift. You can find the book, his courses, and more at anthonytrucks.com. And check out his podcast. It's called Awe Shift, A-W-W Shift. And if you're new to Ziggler and are a coach or want to become one, let the Ziggler family empower you. Go to Ziggler.com slash coach leadership program and connect with Tom Ziggler himself. Now I bring you Anthony Trucks and his habits. Man, as we talked about in our first show together, episode 973, uh, and you talk so much to the, well, you talked about uh, Charles Duhigg. And, mm-hmm. and habits. And you're obviously a student of that. It's part of your book. I mean, you're a professional athlete. You, I mean, that is by proxy, the product of your daily habits. There's no way you make it in the NFL without True. certain, you know, daily habits. So I want to go behind the scenes with you on the ones that you have uh, today, though. I, I'm going to start with, you know, during the past, you mentioned it in the book. I think you started writing the book. Was it during the pandemic or right at the beginning of it? Yeah. I just, well, I was just taking notes. I was just breaking notes. I had no intention of actually publishing it as a book. I just was taking notes on things. And then it turned into a book when somebody was like, hey, that could be a book. Okay. Well, so you talked about that and the changes that happened there. Any changes in your personal habits since that time up till now, like some things that you've changed as a result of that, or it could be, hey, I read a book a month ago and I changed this thing. I'm always interested because I want to hear your yeah. normal habits, but any changed recently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've heavily started outsourcing thinking of things that I I want to do, okay. but don't want to think about doing. It's uh, okay. Explain here's, that. Here's, here's an example. So my thing is I played sports, football. Our, we were amazing at following direction and giving full effort. Right. Here's right. the play. Go run the play. 
be here at this time for weights. Here's for meals. Here's for film. I have to think, I just pull up a sheet of paper. Go, oh, that's what I'm doing today. And I would go full bore into it. And so, and you so could, that's you could be reactionary back to our yeah, first conversation. Okay. You know, and just and in full flow, I think the biggest issue with flow is like trying to think while doing it's like, you just need to go do and think about it later. Like it's like football, you play football and then you watch the film to make adjustments. You don't make adjustments in real time while running. It doesn't make any sense. And so for me, one of the habits I adjusted was like, okay, I got to start looking at things I'm thinking about that are taken away from the areas. I really want to focus my mental energy to extract my genius. And one of them, for example, I have a degree in kinesiology. I ran a gym for a decade, sold that gym. Uh, I have, I've consulted for multi-billion dollar companies on fitness. I've actually presented for my previous certifying body, which you needed a degree to actually get the certification, right? So I have a wealth of knowledge and programming, but I'm like, you know what? My focus isn't on trying to write programs for myself anymore. I just want to work out. So I have now, I'm on my third iteration in the last, I think, year of, I really feel good about this, of outsourcing everything, my PT, what I should be massaging and stretching and loosening up, what it looks like, my workout program itself. I no longer think about what I'm going to do in the workout room. Like when I get in the weight room, I just want, I'm getting a piece of paper and I'm going to follow it. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to give it to somebody else's brain to create for me. And the reason is this. I know that my health isn't just for my confidence or how I look. It's also for how my brain processes. Mm -hmm. If I'm bogged down in that area and I want to go work out, then I go work out. I find that I was, I was mad at myself for having wasted time thinking about this. And then I've bought, I've put, you know, three or four hours in a day into this when I could have put three or four into serving, coaching, speaking, writing, but I'm like, but I want the benefit of that. So I was like, what, what happened to us? So my habit now is the moment I go, something's bothering me. I don't go research it myself anymore. I don't go, I don't go write my own programs. I go and find someone who is better at it than I am. And I go, I need you to come do this for me. So I now have people that write my programs that deal with PT. I have physical therapists. I have massage therapists, chiropractors, all that's outsourced, everything. And it allows me to go, I'm getting the benefit I want. I can just show up, do my thing for the hour, disappear. And I can be with my work, with my wife, with my kids, whatever I choose to do, but I'm getting the benefit. So one of the habits initially is I asked myself, is this something that I need to expel or expend energy from my mind on anymore? So tell me about that. The, uh, the exercise regime, cause you talk like that, like you're still in the NFL. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. An, but I'm not, <laughs> I, I know, but you're still, now I do appreciate you taking it and saying, okay, I mean, it does have payoffs. I mean, you're yeah. on your, you're on your book cover, your personal identity is a part of your brand and 100%. you look like an athlete and, and you know, that sells and, and helps. We all know that people do 100%. judge a book by its cover and you look good yeah. on your cover. Thank um, you, man. so, but your caveat of your physical body is what is running this brain up yeah. here as well. So tell me what, what is the goal for you from a physical fitness aspect right now? Uh, right now it's just to be able to honestly be able to get through hard workouts and then afterwards not have as much lingering pain. I got low okay. back issues. My shoulder, I had surgery again, I cleaned yeah. it up in April of last year. So a lot of those things I could research, you know, like, let me find some trigger point stuff and let me get this machine, this little psoas and do this thing. And then let me figure out, let me research the best ways to work on Or I can go, you know what? I'm just going to go see a physical therapist who's smart and can touch me and figure it out like that. Yeah. And then create the program and then they can track it and tweak it and modify based on what I show them. As opposed to figuring the low back stuff out, I want to just go hire someone that works specifically in that area to give me ideas and stuff to strengthen it. And then from there, it's like, well, if I have all this information from my shoulder and my back, 
then I got to put into a workout program of like, okay, do I do squats? Do I do deadlifts? Do I do, do I do, how should I warm up? And I can research all of it again or create it, or I can go, you know, I don't want to think about that. And I push it all away. So that's kind of, it's been the biggest benefit is taking the brain out of it. I repeat the same thing, but that's really like where the asset is for me. And, and I do know there's a great book by Dr. John Rady called Spark. And, and here's why I do it in the first place. People go, well, what's the purpose? You're not playing the NFL. Absolutely not. And in fact, when I got done playing in the NFL, it was really hard to work out again. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm training. I'm not playing the game on Sunday. What's the point? And the reality was, is this book talks about something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. It's a brain protein, and it helps, you know, with you know, creating the synapses and connections, and it helps level off dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, like it balances it all. So I don't like go out into the world and eat people's faces, you know, like it's the, the but it also helps with learning, memorizing, all that. And so I go, that's the reason I am a thinker now. My time is spent in thought. And there's so much, you know, study that goes behind how much of your energy is drained from thinking, you know? So I'm like, well, if I want to be able to think and process and memorize better and be of more value to the world, which allows me to have, you know, more income, more freedom, more time, that's got to be an important piece of it. But if I'm spending all the energy <laughs> to create the energy, it's a negative loop. Yeah. It doesn't get anywhere. So I'm like, well, I got to find a way to get that benefit without expelling all that and taken away from where I need it. It's like, I'm not going to go out here and spend a dollar here to get, you know, 65 cents back to then go, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Well, and you talking about the, the BDNF, the emotional psychological benefit of exercise. Of course, my audience knows that I'm big on that as my primary, yeah, yeah. my primary therapy, admittedly. And to your book, Identity Shift, realizing, and I'm, I'm at peace with it now, I went through a time of yeah, professional cyclist, then that ended. And who am I? That's who I was. Yeah. My identity was right. Yeah. So I got out of that today though. I do identify with being an athlete. I am a happier, my, my wife, I had two years of my life of sedentary living yeah, and my wife too. bought me a bike and she said, would you please, <laughs> she didn't say go ride. She said, will you go train? You're just a better man when you go yeah. train. And so now I do, I, I compete here and there, but I yeah. just, I, I can, I can motivate myself and just that, again, back to your identity, identify as an athlete. Well, like to what we said in the first show, I am the kind of guy who is athletic, right. who is capable yeah. of X. My kids like that, that daddy can, you know, kick. Yeah, dude, I'm the same way. There, my, you, my youngest son, we go out now because, you know, I'm 38 and he's 12 and my oldest is, you know, 17. And, and so we go out to the field, my youngest, and we, I go, I cover him. I D him up. He's running routes and I'm covering him. I'm st I still got it. And I want that. Because there's a difference of how he sees dad when I'm running. Now he could catch a ball me all day. It's going to be a point where he puts his nose up to me, but he ain't there yet. That's one piece of it. <laughs> yeah. And then also, yeah, same my wife. Like she doesn't want to get, like she, my wife does collegiate track now. She never started a clock in college because she had our oldest son. She had her master's and everything, but now she's back in junior college running track and she's awesome. getting down, right? So my whole family, they compete and they train. So when she's done with her track season, we're going to do master's track. Yeah. I'm the same way. But you know, the funny thing is I don't, I don't just do it. So I feel good. My brain, I am addicted in a small, weird way to that moment where like your tummy tickles before the gun goes off, you know, like that moment of competition that, that I think so few people, like I realize how much we need it. We are built on that. Whether it's like we used to be back in the day and we're all hiding in the bushes, waiting for the Buffalo to come across and somebody's waiting for the horn to go and wah, we take off to go kind our animal. Right. That is a human, like guttural, instinctual thing that we, so many of us don't experience. We avoid, like, I, I love that little moment of competition and like, the, it's no matter what it is. And I don't shy away from it. I think it makes me a better human because I respect it. 
I respect what it takes to prepare for that moment, to have confidence in it and who I am when I'm done with it and how I navigate what took place. Did I win? Did I lose? Those little weird human traits show up in other places of my life. Man, I appreciate you saying that. It was interesting lately. I, it dawned on me as I was kind of auditing myself and some of my uh, abilities and whatnot and realizing I've been on the starting line of over a thousand competitive races. Yeah. The, the wiring of that, yeah, and just what you right. talked about, the nerves of that. And lately I've been, I had Steven Kotler on the show recently and he's got the Flow Institute and talking mm-hmm. about that. And it's gotten me more aware of that when I'm out. And for me, the zone is on a, on a long mountain climb and I'm out there and I'm almost kind of looking down at myself. And going, I'm so in the flow. It's so stoked that my body has the ability and the capacity to do this. And I'm humming along and it was in my head. Uh, that I'm my own damn engine is what I was thinking. I'm, yeah. I'm the engine. My son on the, on the shelf behind me, he made for mm-hmm. Christmas, made a picture of the kind of this modeled uh, picture from a mountain bike ride I had been on. It says, I am the engine. And it was a, That's nice. a motivation that again, I know you, you, you get, so your daily regime is about an hour of strength training. Is that your yeah, give or take? And usually that's like usually two 45 minute sessions of like activity. So I'll do like stuff in the morning and then stuff with like but my son, I consider the later on with my son, when he gets home from school, we go out either out and throw the ball. Or we bring one of his buddies two days a week, but five days a week, I'm out there cleats on still hanging out, running around, but I also go and lift weights and prepare and handle. Cause if not, my body wouldn't be strong enough for all that. But it's, it's like, it, it's, it's funny. It's, there is a part of that. Like you have this ability to do what you do because you've done a thousand races. And I think for us, we lose sight of that. We have this, this, uh, maybe we're unaware of how awesome we are. I'll call it at this thing. And most people don't ever do that. So they go, how do you, how do you have what you have? And for you, it's, it's an instinctual thing because the things that you do that would freak them out. It's just your normal Tuesday morning because you've been on a thousand different lines. Right. And for me, the habits that I think I have, when I get to the root of it, there are active and passive habits. Okay. There's okay. some active habits I have to have of like, don't eat that when you're hungry because it's not good. Go have a shake. You know, that's an active habit. But there are passive habits with how I respond to people, how I show up for my day, how I set my environment to work and how I focus. Like there's certain, very, I could call them passive, they're normalcy to me. Right. They are who I identify as. And those are typically the ones that are the game changers. Yeah, Those are the ones people don't realize that it's not something that I, at this point, like in the beginning, yeah, I had to think about it. But after a while, it becomes so much of who I am an identity level that the habit becomes more of an identifier as my persona. And I don't want to be out of alignment with myself at the end of the day. So when that moment arises, I do the thing to keep me in line with who I've seen myself to be or identify as being. And for you, it's like there's certain things that probably for training for for me, it's going to be training is also so that when I show up, I can be that guy with no issue. I can run with my son. I can be on a stage and have full energy. I can talk to different things and there's no lack of like confidence for being the guy I am. That's instinctual. That happens in moments before I ever show up to those moments. I, I look at it. I hear you. I look at it as a, it's a good addiction. I'm so grateful for that addiction of that desire to go out. Uh, it, it grieves me that people, yeah, look at exercise as, as, as bad thing. And I think, I sure. Yeah. It's weird. It's I don't, sure. Yeah. I don't think of it anymore. It's, it's playtime is absolute playtime. I'm great. How about on the, on the nutritional side, any specific, uh, yeah, thing my wife here too? We just, so we ever, so the beginning of the year, the last two years, we've done 75 hard. You said you had those two years of sedentary. I had, I had one and it was 2020. Was 20, yeah, 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 20, yeah, 2019 into 2020. Okay. Uh, 
because I got fat, real chubby, bro. I was, a, I got to like 250. My playing weight was 240. <laughs> and it was, it was not a good two, but, uh, but we're like, hey, 75 hard. So we did it. It's actually 2020. I think about it. So in 2021, we did uh, no sugar, no dairy and like very minimal carbs. It was like, you know, like oatmeal and stuff. And I lost 37 pounds and I've kept it off. No problem. It just, I got back to my same reg- regular who I am, but this year we tried no meat. So we're doing no meat no sugar, low dairy. So I haven't had sugar since January 1st. We're going on like almost 60 days now. And it's interesting is where you usually assume that a habit that you have to break is going to be difficult. I think this one has been one where the idea when I got into it was like, okay, I told my wife, I want to try no meat before we get to that. What exactly are we going to eat? Let's plan the, the, the diet out, the plan out. Let's get the food here so that I don't have to think about what I'm not going to eat. Right. I'm just going to think about what I'm eating. And so in doing that, like we adjusted it and I haven't craved meat, not even once since we began. It's been a smooth flow, a lot of peanut butter and oatmeal and rice and lentils. And there's some impossible burger meat in there. You know, like the impossible meat they create. It's, it's, yeah. it's good when I have it, but there hasn't been this thing. And the and interesting part is my body has felt way more energized. My back and body doesn't hurt as much. I recover quicker. Uh, I'm not foggy in my mind, right? So I feel good about it. That's been kind of an adjustment for the habits, but the biggest habit wasn't choosing to do it. It was putting a foundation in place to be able to easily do it. Cause I think the problem is if I was to show up on one of the days, the first couple of days and didn't have a plan of what to eat, but I'm like, ah, just give me the burger. It's quick. I know, I know what it is. The evil I know is better than the evil I don't. So let me just go to that thing. But having the habit in advance of knowing that when I try something new, I'm not going to show up without a plan, right? That's a habit of mine. And now, I just show up and I have the right planning and process. So now I just flow into it. And now it's been smooth. You're listening to The Ziggler Show and my walkthrough with Anthony Trucks on his habits for success. We'll be right back. Well, I like your perspective of taking the focus off of the limitation of the thing that I am abstaining from. That's where we tend to go. And man, that's just, it's so difficult for me. I, for my own motivation, when I do one of those fasts is what I call it, you know, fasted from whatever is looking to, I've got to find something to look forward to. If I don't, you know, what's, what's going to be my healthiest vice in this new paradigm here that I can look forward to. So I I appreciate that. You've talked a lot about your family and it's a big part of your uh, story. You've got, is it three kiddos? Three, yeah. Three kids. Tres bebes. That's right. Two twins. Or, or two, or yeah. two of them are, are it, twins. We're going to have four twins. Yes, it would be weird. <laughs> that, would, that, would be, that would be a, a good story, actually. Tell me relationally. So you've got, you know, you've got a lot going on. You're a busy guy. Yeah. You've had part of your story is, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word that I would use? Neglecting Divorce? your family? Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. But, ne- but neglecting <laughs> your family. I mean, you said I was gone from oh, morning sure. till night. I was not around, period. Uh, I'm, I'm taking, uh, I'm assuming that's not the case today, but oh, I would bet you're no. more intentional on what are those habitual f- relational things you do to yeah. have your family relationships where you want them to be and friends. I, yeah. I have what I call hustle harmony. Okay. I think these are all different hustles we have in life, a hustle for the career, hustle for the, the marriage, you know, a hustle in my life. And I don't mean hustle, like getting over, but like how I work, right. Hustle in my friendships, my hobbies. And there's always these hustles. And I think if we don't organize improperly becomes hustle headaches. I'm working on this thing and I'm not getting this thing done. And so uh, we talk about that capacity previously. I think it's kind of like, these are all things I want to power up in my life. Five plug, we'll call it, but uh, 
I only have two outlets. So I'm frantically trying to unplug like, okay, I'm working on the marriage and the business this month, but then I'm getting out of shape. Okay. Take the marriage out, work on the health and the business, but now my marriage falls apart. Okay. Take business out, my, my family in there, my wife in there. And now it's like, okay, but the business is failing. It's just this frantic hustle headache to plug everything in. I'm like, well, let's just expand and create more outlets. That's a capacity thing. In my life, I did that. One was let me go and expand my capacity so I could handle these things. But then I talked about hustle harmony. I was like, you know what? There is no balance. There is there. I have never found it to work where if I give all of myself, I'm gonna give a certain amount of business and a certain amount yeah. of work and a certain, they, they can be equal, but at different times in my life, most definitely the harmony changes. I might be heavier in family than I am in work. I might be heavier in parenting and in relationship. You know, I might be heavier in the health at certain times, but it doesn't mean everything turns off. Doesn't mean give it all or feel guilty. It's, it's really what I've found is there's gotta be this harmony based on the habits I have in place. So my habits structure my life to where I'm up at 5.30. I'm at work, doing work by six. I, my wife takes my kids to school on certain days. And then on certain days I do, but at 2.30, I habitually shut things off for work. I, turn, I get my kids today from school, home by 3.30, out of the house by four, four to about 5.45. We have stuff for track and for football. My son, like, this is my flow. And then when I come home, my wife and I have private, this is our time. We hang out, talk, chill. We do date nights on Fridays. We hang out on the weekends, right? And this is because not only do I have habits of that structure, I have habits of how I work from six to two thirty, so that when I'm done at two thirty, nothing trickles into my parenting mm-hmm. or my marriage or my fitness time. It's all it's all like a symphony and harmony of how all these things are habitually created and structured, so that yeah, I don't have the neglect of any part of my life. Everything gets such a amazing focus in the right ways because it's. It's like the sheet music. I've written the song properly. So the habits are there. That's the song. But even in each note, the way that it's written, like the way that I'm doing my work, the way that I show up in my marriage, the way I show up as a parent, each of those have specific focuses and habits that I'm applying to make sure they're doing amazing. Yet, did I hear you saying that? So with that, it's not a perfect daily balance that you do still uh, have season cycles where oh, yeah. you're heavier on X and heavier on and allow well, think of, So if you think, uh, let's put music into it. I, right. I wasn't going to do it, but you're giving me the opportunity. Do it, to. Do it. So I look at it like, you know, we have this, I call it hustle harmony. Let's say that my, my family is my drum. It's the percussion, the background it's that beat. Right. But then I also have in life, my marriage, my marriage is like the violin, right? It's the, the, the marriage, the relationship, it's a beautiful tone. Right. But then like my kids, individual like the pianos right i may have the family as a unit but my kids the piano and playful i hang out with them individually each but then like the guitar is work it could be like a regular strumming guitar like a crazy right and in all of that those all come together to make a song now in the intro of the song you might only have let's say the beginning of the year i might be having a guitar solo coming in but then once they you know that that's over i'm gonna go ahead and pick up and i'm gonna do more of the marriage the violin may pick up more the guitars in the background different tone different tempo right and if you go through the year, it's always up and down. But then like end of the year, holidays, I go, you know, holidays, heavy beat. We're going to put a lot of bass in. Everything else drowns out. I'm spending yeah. time with the family. Guitar comes down. The violin may come down. The piano may come down. But then I have a heavy drum. Doom, 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 doom. You hear that more, right? But it's a harmony. They're never, ever off, but they're just up and down at different tempos, different intensity, different notes throughout my entire life. And I am in control of that sheet music. 
I like it. I'm, I'm thinking of a symphony and the highs yeah. and the lows yeah. and the different melodies. And the, that speaks yeah. to me. Music is a huge part of our life and my family's life as well. Cool. And yet, yeah, I, I know there's a lot of talk about balance and the myth of it or, or, or whatnot. Yeah, and I, I look overall, yeah, overall it's a balance, but the cycles and seasons, I find myself talking about that here on the show a lot too. I've oh. really enjoyed giving myself permission for that. Even like we talked about with, you know, with my athletic aspects and, and exercise and fitness that I give myself cycles and seasons. And this one's going to be, I mean, right now there's snow, the trails are covered mm. up. It's harder to mountain bike. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm heavy on running. I'm going to play with some other stuff and let that one go and I'll come yeah. back to it. Okay. But the balance can, of the year, uh, you get to write your own song, man. That's the cool write thing. Write my is, own song. I don't, I don't have to worry about like looking at his, his, your song and copy. I'm gonna make my own song. Yeah. I'm gonna love yeah. my music and that's okay. So mental, tell me about that. I mean, that's such a part of your focus. If we look at the mental, your mental health, mental wellness, uh, mental sharpness, what are the things, some of the habits that you follow on a consistent basis or fall back to, to keep yourself there, especially when there's that temptation to fall down, to be low? Yeah. Well, I think there's, uh, I always make sure that I'm paying attention to the fact that I'm in control of what comes in. Right. I think we don't always pay attention to that. We, you know, we're good to just go to where our brain feels that dopamine dump and we scroll and play games. I'm very presently aware of what's coming in. I don't, I don't consume most news in certain ways. I have a space, you know, where I get it every day from like one simple email. And I'm like, that's what I need. Uh, so that's the part of like what I let come in. The other part of it is I'm protective on my processing. I, I have a limited amount. We have like that, like a decision tank, right? There's like, I have a limited amount of focal space throughout the day. And if I waste that on dumb things that don't serve me, then it's going to be horrible. So I choose not to process certain stuff. But one of the big things I do is I want to entertain a bunch of ideas. I may not accept all of them, but I like to entertain ideas. Like I, right. I'm, I'm doing a lot of learning right now in this whole Russia, Ukraine thing going on when we're recording this. Not from a standpoint of like, you know, being on a side, but I'm just paying attention to how the sides are communicating, what they're saying, what's being said, what's being told, what's being shown, those who are, you know, conspiracy theorists and what they're unpacking and why they're unpacking it. What the, so I just like sit back and entertain the ideas. And it's odd that helps me create content, create new thoughts, create different processes. And it would come, most people would have no idea that it came from that. And the reason is because it's kind of like making a dish right? My dish that comes from Anthony is unique to Anthony, but only because of the ingredients that I put in the dish. So I'm choosing to entertain a bunch of ideas and, and process with them. And that's why it comes out through my odd, unique, weird filter. So I refine more of that process. And then there's also things that I, I want to consistently be, I want to be in the know. I think at a certain time we get to a certain age, we go, I don't know that platform. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to let some other little kid on my team do it, so to speak. Right? I don't. Whereas I go, no, I want to be up to speed. I want to be able to have educated conversations on stuff that is important to where we're going as a company. And so I, I will find areas where I get mostly taxes. Like I have to learn some new thing about a new system that connects to this to do that. But if I don't, then my team has to wait on me to figure it out or to give the okay. So it's, it's always beyond my, my, you know, um, restrictions to it. So if I stay up to speed, they send me articles, I read them all. Right. So I'm staying up to speed. And so I don't want to give in just yet to the, uh, I don't feel like learning that mentality. When I feel that I go, let me go ahead and give my brain five more minutes of focus to read the article. You're going to be okay. But doing that gives me hours upon hours of new information that comes in that keeps me sharp. 
You're listening to The Ziggler Show and my walkthrough with Anthony Trucks on his habits for success. We'll be right back. Tell me about you know, part of your story uh, is business. You talked about the gym that you owned, and I know in the book you talked about that going from the, the NFL to that and the financial, I don't know if I can say ruin, but you were at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, I almost went broke, man. I was, I was almost bankrupt. It's okay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so looking at that financially, now granted that you're in a place of success and abundance now, but what are some of the financial habits that have helped you get to where you are? Yeah. So uh, I am not, no, I'm not going to say I'm not. I, in the past, was not very good with, uh, with tracking what I was spending. And so my, my wife has always been the money brain in our family. She's really good with like thinking through and, and being aware or, or challenging me on things I want to buy. So some of the habits I've, I've adopted are like, I am not an emotional spender anymore. If I saw something I want, I would buy it because it was here. It was cool. And I was like, it'd be cool to have it. And then I was like, all right. And I get it. And I'm like, I, don't, I have a bacon maker. We don't even use. I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. I didn't it's know just, such a thing existed. That's funny. Neither did I. And I was like, I got to have the bacon maker, right? So I don't, I don't. So what I habitually do is if I want something, I will sit back and I'll put like a, I'll put a little email. I'll, I'll email myself with the link and I'll leave it in my inbox and I'll see it when I scroll through it at emails. And if, if I am triggered within the next 48 hours to like really go back to it, I'm like, I must really need this maybe, or I really would desire to have it. If I don't, I just delete the email and life goes on and I never notice it. Not a big deal, but it's like, I don't try, I try not to give myself an emotional moment to purchase. Um, when it comes to me looking at the future, I try to, this is actually an interesting one. This comes from some data that was came out of UCLA called the stranger inside. And what they did is they had people hook up these diodes. They ask them, tell me about someone you love. And like this part of their brain of love lit up. Tell me about yourself. What do you think of yourself? Love lit up. They gave them a picture of some stranger said, tell me about this, this person here. What do you think of them? Stranger lit up. Then they said, tell me about your future self. Stranger lit up. Wow. We don't do a good job of seeing our future self. And so I have this picture in my phone of, of old Anthony. And so the reason it's of old Anthony is because whenever you look at these areas, it's actually my phone. I think it's in my computer too. Is if you look at yourself in the future, it actually for the first time gives you a chance to see yourself in the future. And in doing so, you connect to it deeper and make more decisions in line with that future person. Merrill Lynch took this data and they did, it was called uh, face your future. So they had sit with people and have them plan their future expenditures. People invested 40% more money into their future simply from seeing a picture of themselves aged. Interesting. They connected. So some of the habits I have are like, does future Anthony need this? Does future Anthony, you know, what will be a better decision for future Ant and what he's got going on? Like all these little things, like we just created trust for my family, like all these specific things that are all about future Ant. So when I show up to that moment, I can enjoy what this guy did. That's interesting. I'm going to credit Ben Hardy uh, with the concept of, and there was a term along with it, somewhere along the lines of what you're talking about. And his frame of reference was, when we all look at ourselves and go, gosh, are you a different person than you were three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Huge, huge. Even three years ago, man, huge. different person. And yet we think who we are today is who we are, period. Mm, As opposed no, to that no. future. Do you think you're going to change that much in three years from now? No, I am who I am now. Yeah. No. But we always go back. So it's an interesting perspective that you put. I'm going to have to get one of those old photos of my 
itself yeah. on. It's funny is that the app was called uh, Face App, but I think it was that whole issue where, like Russia made it. So like Russia's over here oh. doing stuff. So, okay. but I don't know. I think it still exists somewhere. You may be able to grab it, but it does a good job of like aging you. It's kind of creepy, but it's cool. <laughs> Tell me about the spiritual side yeah. of life, the habits, the the perspective, the things that you do to keep yourself tuned into, let's say, a bigger picture. Yeah, man, I'm a man of faith. I believe in God. Uh, it's not always a thing I share openly because some people, some people, that's their thing. They put it out there in front. And I think it creates a little bit of a wall from certain individuals. Whereas for me, it's how I live my life. And and those who want to know, they ask and I tell them and it's a different conversation in private, we'll call it. But uh, but we're, we're a church going family, man. Our, our My marriage is anchored in Christ and like something bigger than the two of us, we'll call it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this book that someone recently recommended called the daily word. I love opening that thing up, if not reading the Bible. And then it's like, we are a praying family, you know, every single meal we pray and we, we think about, you know, we talk about things that matter to our lives. And so there is a relationship that exists there. And that relationship guides me in the moments that I don't know what to do, or I'm in question, or even if it's more of the momentary, is this something that a, that a person who can go on this podcast, I'm a man of faith. If you were to see that in the dark, would you believe it's right? Because I believe what you do in the dark comes at a light. And yeah, so I live yeah. my life in a way uh, across the board where I can always be able to say, yeah, the world could see this. Well, thanks for showcasing as a relationship. I'm on my third trip through Dallas Willard's hearing God and mm. making, uh, yeah, working on more of the, taking it just from a head belief to a heart and a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, last one here is just the personal spoke. This is just personal. What are the habits that Anthony trucks does? It's just for you fun. You can call it Mm. self-care, but fun play the things I've been asking more people in light of this, even the things that may not have a productive, tangible aspect of again, just, yeah, just what do you do? That's just, that's just play that makes Anthony the inspired fun. Anthony that your family loves. Uh, you know, I, I try to do things that make my butt pucker, you know, like, Ooh, a little weird stuff. I, I apply to weird TV shows. I do oddball stuff. Uh, I try to, I try to do things that at first thought make me go, ah, I'm not gonna do that. Hmm. And I go, wonder why, what would be the reason? And I, I try, I'm trying to live life at a different level. There's, there's this, someone gave me a perspective at one point in time. They said, you know, when you're younger, the world is like this. There's so much you can see. And as you get older, you start getting good at something. And the more you get good at that thing, the more you stay in that pocket, that bubble. And after a while, this is all you see for the world. I got this little perspective of what's here. And I don't see the great things. And, and I think what I've tried to do is I got there. Football was a focus in sports, you know, and then consulting and business. And now I'm going, let me, what else is out in this crazy, cool world? Open it back up. And I want to see more of what there is to do and live. Because at the end of my days, I want my grandkids to want to go to my house. People go, Anthony, what the heck does that mean? Well, if, I, if my grandkids are going to come to my house and hang with me, it's because I'm going to have so many crazy, cool stories to tell them that it's going to be endless. And so I, the habits I have in place in my life are what are the things I can do that make my wife go, why are you doing that? What is wrong with you? But also makes me go, because I just want to try it, right? So that later on, I have a, a life worth telling a story about. Well, you obviously do. That's why you're on the show, man. I, I'm grateful again for being with us, for giving us a behind the scenes and sharing your head and your heart. It's been a gift, Anthony. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy and appreciate Anthony Trucks and his perspective. Again, his new book is called Identity Shift. 
and just has key principles I feel are really foundational for all our efforts to actually upgrade our results to achieve those goals by figuring out how to identify with them. You can find his books, his courses, and more at anthonytrucks.com and check out his podcast, Awe Shift, A-W-W Shift. Coming up in episode 976, I wanted to really question the value of character in our work. And it's going to sound odd to you, especially if you're a Ziggler listener, but I play a clip from Zig Ziggler on character. And don't expect me in this show, though, just to say, hey, you, you know, of course, we should all have character, integrity and ethics because we really take the task just how important it is. And it's not a, an idea to let you not have character in it. But I actually asked listeners, if you're having surgery, do you want the absolute best surgeon working on you or the one with the best moral character? How about an accountant, car mechanic, a professor? And it was a literal question uh, in my life as during the recording of the show, I had a son in the hospital looking at a major surgery. So you're going to hear us talk about this. We'll reference some of the comments and Tom Ziegler and I just discuss how it's not always a black and white line between competency and character. And it's going to help you discern how you want to position yourself and where you want to show your own strengths in your work. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.